Okay. You want to know what's really frustrating to me? The fact that my guy most of the time comes quicker than I do. There's nothing hotter to me than when we actually come at the same time, but that rarely happens. And that's because there's an orgasm gap. It's just a fact. We all know it. Women take a little bit longer to come than guys, but I have a solution for you. And that's my sponsor, Promescence Delay Spray. I know what you're thinking, delay spray, I don't have PE, but their delay spray is for any guy that wants to last a little bit longer in bed without having to worry about lasting longer. And now their spray comes in a wipe, so you can leave your spray at home and throw a couple wipes in your back pocket for on the go. Promescent Silly Spray is not going to totally numb you out and it won't transfer to your partner. And for your partner, they have a whole woman's line of products. My favorite is the warming gel. So go get the warming gel, girls. You're not going to be disappointed. They also sell lube and condoms. They have supplements that make both men and women hornier. And today, just for listening to this episode, I'm going to give you 15% off your first order. All you got to do is go to delayspray.com and use my discount code strictlyanon15. That's strictlyanon15. Use it at delayspray.com for 15% off your first order. Or just go into the description, click on the link, and 15% will be automatically applied at checkout. Thanks, Promassin, for sponsoring this episode. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your freak flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chains. Here is your host, Kathy. Hi. Welcome to Strictly Anonymous Podcast, Kathy. If you want to follow the Strictly Anonymous Podcast on Instagram or Twitter, follow me at Strict Anonymous. Make sure to subscribe on your podcast app to my show. I now post episodes every Sunday and Wednesday nights. I'm switching to two episodes a week. I finally committed. I was putting them out as bonus episodes, bonus episode, bonus episode. <laughs> That was my way of not committing to definitely doing it, but I'm definitely doing it. I might eventually go up to three because I still have so many episodes in the bag that I can't post yet and I'm continuing to tape more people. So whatever. But anyway, uh, today is not a bonus episode. It is your Wednesday episode, your second episode of the week that I'm giving you. I am talking today to a guy named Dave or David. <laughs> I forget. Who cares about the name? That's why I, I let people make up names for my show. I never remember names in life. And I know some people get like really hung up on that kind of shit. Like, oh, you don't remember my name. It's like, who cares? Like that your name is the most uninteresting part of you or somebody else. You didn't even think of your name yourself, if you really think about it, right? It has nothing to do with you. Your parents thought of it, okay? My name is Kathy. There's nothing more lame than Kathy. I would never have chose that name myself. I am far more interesting than my name. So who cares about people's fucking names? <laughs> so I think I talked to either Dave or David. Um, oh, and my mod, my uh, my the motto of that story that I just told you about names is like, don't give a shit if someone doesn't remember your name. Okay, it doesn't matter. 
<laughs> Most of the time, because this is the way I am, I think other people are, people that don't remember names, it's because they're like really interested in other things. Like I am very bad at remembering names, but I remember everything else that somebody tells me because I'm actually listening to them when they talk. But who cares about names? Anyway, forget it. I don't know why I'm harping on that. Um, today I'm on Dave David. He's got a lot of stories. This is a guy that like fucked 300 women just in his 50s. We talk about that. <laughs> but we talk about everything else. I mean, he started very early on back in the day when he was way younger. Like in adult bookstores, fucking couples, realizing that he was into seeing his girl fuck guys. And then getting one of his wives to do double penetration with guys. And, and then he got into swingers clubs. And he found gangbang parties. And he found BBW interracial parties he found all kinds of shit he has been there done that he has been in the lifestyle mostly all his life a lot of the times on the DL down low <laughs> now he's with his second wife she does bang other guys in front of him he has done stuff behind all these women's backs but he's trying to be more straight up about it but we talk all about it like I said he's done all that stuff and he gives me specific stories and details on all of it. He just tells a story. He made my job easy. There's not much interrupting here, so relax. <laughs> and I'm going to be right back on with Dave or David. This is the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Uh, hey, David, welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. How are you today? I'm great, Kathy. How are you? I'm good. So listen, I broke the rules with you because you emailed me recently, right? And you were like, because uh, typically right now I'm just not taping people because I just have so many taped. I feel so bad for the people I have taped that I taped last year and they still haven't aired. Um, but you, you know, I was like, if you have like a really good story, I'll have you on. So you sent me an email. It was one paragraph full of crazy shit that you have done. <laughs> Lots of gangbangs, like organized gangbangs, things at people's houses, lots of women that you fucked, you were married, your wife was blowing other guys. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> then when did you start really exploring? Because I know that you said that you went to adult bookstores and, you, you know, you, exactly. you did swinging and stuff like that. Like, when did you start like that kind of lifestyle? Well, you know, I was probably about 18 years old and, I, you know, I wanted to find out the source of, you know, where these movies and stuff came from. So. Yeah. I go into a bookstore, and I, you know, in a major city like this, they had they had a bunch of bookstores. Uh, so I would go in there, and I'm looking at, it, I'm like, my goodness, look at this, you know. And they've got very graphic, uh, you know, porno magazines, uh -huh. movies, all kinds of stuff. And then, you know, I go through a little curtain, and they've got these private little video booths. You know, I had no clue, so I thought, oh, cool, you you know, you put a quarter in or whatever, you can watch a movie. Uh, but as as a lot of people know, I mean, you go in these booths and they've got a hole in the wall and all of a sudden. Yeah, the glory uh, hole. Yeah. And it was like it was insanity. I mean, I thought uh, this is crazy. But I, I have to tell you, I mean, at the time uh, I needed, uh, you know, I, uh, uh, I needed some action and I needed it real fast. And I, I know it was very risky and everything else. But I mean, uh, so I, you know, I put it through the hole and. Uh, you know, somebody I got sucked off, and uh, and that became a thing. I mean, you know, and I didn't. I have to tell you, I mean, I never considered myself uh, bi, and I really don't. I honestly don't. I mean, I'm very attracted to women, uh, but at the time I did this, you know, and 
Wait one second. I'm just going to tell you. Did you just listen to Dr. Joe Court? I I put out a bonus episode. It was a short one, but he's like Mm -hmm. a sexologist, right? Mm -hmm. And he this is his life. This is what he does. He's the real deal. He's a professional therapist specializing in sex, and he is someone that would tell you. 100%. 100%. Yeah, you're straight. It doesn't matter that you got sucked off by guys a couple times and liked it. He uh, explained why that's true in his book, right? And stuff. It was actually very interesting. But anyway, so you I'll knew have... that it was guys, right? Or did you not? It's like you just didn't no, care. I knew... No, I knew it was guys. I didn't yeah. care. Yeah, yeah. You, know? you just needed a blowjob. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but what I noticed was all of a sudden one day, you know, I didn't go all the time. just went here and there. But one day a couple walked in and they went back there and I thought, oh, this is interesting, you know. Yeah. So I went in the booth next to them. And the next thing you know, the female was putting her finger like through the hole, like, you know, uh, inviting like an invite. Yeah, yeah, I heard that and that's like I, the tell. That's like how you do it. Yeah, and yeah. I thought, so that was, you know, this really ramped it up. And then I, so what I did was I asked the clerk, do a lot of couples come in here? And he's like, yeah, they come in like on Friday night or Saturday night, they come in. And I thought, well, that's when I'm going to come in, Friday or Saturday night. So this is where all this, you know, this is where the craziness really began. Uh, so, uh, you know, quite often I would, you know, do that. Uh, sometimes I would be invited into the other booth to fuck the girl, you know, in front of the husband, in front of the husband. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And sometimes the husband said, you want to get a room, you know, and you know, he would pay for the room and this was all new to me. And this was basically, you know, like a cuckold situation where he wanted to see me fuck his wife, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, and during that oh, time, I mean, you were being super naughty. I mean, you know, I mean, that's like a time when, like you said, it was going on, but it was so underground. I mean, not to say that it's totally out in the open now, but I just feel like back then. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So at, a, so at about 22 years old, I met my first wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was 22. She was only 18 years old. And uh, I mean, she was right out of high school. So in the meantime, I go over to her, you know, over to her family's house, whatever, if there's nobody home, we start fooling around. And then she starts telling me about, you know, she was, I don't think she, you know, she was started telling me about things that she had done, uh, which uh, I have to tell you, I mean, she told me that she had fucked her father's boss. Now, her father at the time was probably about 45 years old. The boss was probably at least 45 uh, he owned like some kind of an automotive company, windows or something. Anyway, he, she like he told her to stop by there and she went there and then they landed up fooling around or something and she gave him a blowjob and he landed up fucking her. And after she went a couple of times, he was using that as a threat. Like, you know, I want you to come over tonight, you know. Or I'm going to tell your father. Go, or I'm going to tell your father type Whoa. of thing. You know? So anyway, when she told me that, uh, Kathy, all of a sudden I started, this was, it was involuntarily yeah, started yeah, yeah. like trembling. I started trembling like where almost my teeth were chattering. And I thought, what the hell is happening? You know, you were so turned what on. Was happening was I was so extremely turned on by her telling me this. And then she told me that it went even further. Like the guy, he had a couple of guys that worked for him. I think one black guy or something. And then he, you know, this, this guy who owned the business told her, you know what? I want you to fuck this guy. I want you to blow this guy. And then, uh, you know, this type of thing. So that very, in that very same uh, conversation with her, she's like, 
uh, we were fooling around. We got our clothes off, and she's like, "I want you to, you know, fuck me in the ass." And I thought, "What?" You know. <laughs> uh, and then for me to think, you know, this this girl's like right out of high school, and she's already been fucked in the ass, you know. Yeah. And so again, I just continued, you know, trembling, and I was like out of my mind. In the meantime, so we did it, you know. And uh, from that point on, it uh, it was just crazy. We landed up getting married. Uh, immediately, we were talking about, you know, threesomes and stuff like that. But at the time, uh, Kathy, there was no internet. This is back in like, you know, 1979 or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, there was no internet. There was no, there was no way that you, you know what, in this type of lifestyle, as people know, you cannot approach just anybody. You know, you have to uh, be really careful with this. I mean, some people are open to it. Other people would be, you know, mortified by it. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, she had suggested, oh, why don't you get your friend, this guy or that guy? But no, there's no way we could do that, you know. And so uh, we went for, you know, a lot of years without without doing anything, just, you know, kind of fantasizing about these things, especially me. Uh, so later on, uh, you know, after we had we had kids and everything, we get to about 40 years old. And finally, I, you know, I tell her, you know what, why don't we go to a swinger party? So uh, there were several different parties in the area that we live. So we, we went to one swinger party. And this, I have to tell you, for anybody who hasn't been to one, you walk into this place and it looked like a, it looked like you're walking into a bar. You know, they had a dance floor, they had a DJ, they had a, you know, a whole bar set up. It was a BYOB thing. Uh, but then... They toured you around and they had different rooms. Some of the rooms were private rooms, some were open or some had like a beaded curtain or whatever. Uh, so this very first time that we went there, all we did basically was watch. So we went into a room and there were several other people in the room, like around a bed. And there's maybe one or two couples on the bed having sex. And it was like, this is just out of control, mm -hmm. you know, like visually to see this. And I thought, you know what? There is no turning back from this at this point. Like right. now that yeah, now that I've seen this, this is something that we're going to do. So, on that very first time, we didn't do anything at all, but we did make some contacts, and uh, we landed up uh, inviting people to our home uh, where we did fool around, and then we got invited to other homes where there was. It might have only been one couple, then the next time it was two couples. You know. And uh, so we were doing stuff like that. But I think that... Uh, but would you do full swaps with the couples? Like, what was going down? Good news. Strictly Anonymous Podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty, secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool, too. Send me an email. Podcast at gmail.com. That's Podcast at gmail.com or go to my website strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show if you have a short confession that you want to get off your back call my confessions hotline 347-420-3579 that's 347-420-3579 you could call that number 24-7 I change all the voices on the confessions too so you remain anonymous the number the website, and the email address will all be in the description. It was a full swap, same room. Mm -hmm. And those were, those were great. Although I have to tell you, uh, you know, my first wife was very, 
uh, she was slightly uptight and a little bit insecure. She was a little, you know, she had gotten a little full figured and everything else. So she was, you know, very uptight about that. So what we did was, uh, I was okay with the fact that, you know, she wanted to kind of be the center of attention. And so I landed up at the time there were, uh, books, they were like magazines, but they were like swinger books. And they would say like, uh, Midwest swinger or, you know, this, uh, West Coast swingers or whatever. And in the back of the book, they would have ads. Now, as primitive as it sounds, some of them had like P.O. boxes. You actually had to make, like write out a letter. Yeah, I know. That's how it was. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's how it was at the yeah, time. And, yeah. uh, uh, so one of them, you know, one or two of them actually had phone numbers. So one of them was actually a black guy who had a dick pick. And this guy's dick was the... Uh, if you could think of the size of a standard shaving cream can, you know, that's how thick it was, but it was probably double the length. Yeah. And so, uh, we arranged something with him. We got a hotel room. And, uh, so we get to the room and the guy comes in and it's legit. I mean, the guy's got a big giant horse dick. And, uh, the thing was, it was so big, you couldn't get a condom on. Wow. And so she wouldn't fuck him without the condom. So she landed up just blowing the guy, you know, uh, for, for like an hour and a half or something. And, uh, this would, it was absolutely crazy. So we went from that guy, uh, the next time we had it, it was another guy, a completely different guy. Then we had two black guys in a hotel. And we actually, at that time we DP'd her, you know, uh, so With she the two, was the two black guys meeting. I mean, now, what's going on when, the, like, you know, there's two black guys there? Are you involved in fooling around with them too, or are you just sitting back watching? Well, I was taking pictures, and she was a little bit reluctant with that. But then I also got involved. I was actually involved with the DP. Oh, okay. Like well, well, one guy had went to shower, and then you know, uh, uh, we DP'd her, and uh, so she was loving this stuff. I have to tell you. Uh, we also she doesn't sound a, uptight. Uh, I don't know. You use the word uptight. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's. Uh, I think she's on the opposite end of the spectrum of uptight. Yeah. Then we had a. Uh, there was a woman, you know, probably a middle-aged woman that did our taxes, and I knew that. You know, I had already known that she was gay, uh, and she was strictly lesbian. And uh, so what happened was she had an interest in my wife, and so my. I just, you know, I kind of knew it. And I didn't say anything, but my wife came to me one time, and she's like. She had hit on her or something. I said, well, why don't you arrange something? So we had her come over, uh, and she told the, this woman who did the taxes, she, you know, my wife had told her at the time, you know, we can do this, but I want my, you know, I want him here with us. And she was okay with that. Uh, so I, I just watched, and the two of them went at it. Uh, but at some point, my wife had whispered to me, she's like, she wants you to fuck her in the ass. And I'm like, okay, you know, no problem. I could do that. Uh, and so that's what happened. So I landed up fucking her in the ass and that was it. I didn't, you know, it basically the lesbian the other way, the lesbian, the lesbian wanted anal and uh, allowed you to do it. Yes. Interesting. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so that was pretty cool. And then, um, you know, evolving from that, um, I started the couples that we had been seeing, basically kind of pulled me on the side and said, you know what, we'd like to, would you be interested in like seeing us just you? And I'm like, yeah, I could do that. You know, so, uh, you know, here's where it began where I started kind of sneaking behind her back. 
Uh, I would oh, I didn't know homes. that there was that that part of this too. <laughs> yeah. Why? Well, but you know I what? I just have to ask you though. Like when you have a a girl, a woman that's that open with you and that cool. I mean, she's doing everything with you in a time that you know. I mean, most mm-hmm. people would never. It would be very hard to find a woman like that. She's needle in the haystack, and here right. and she's you're doing everything right in front of her. Why go behind her back? You know, I can't answer that. I was just out of control. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Because uh, I think that someone would never think that you would, because why? You know what I mean? Here she is, totally open to anything. And then, so what are you doing behind her back? Get back to the story, sorry. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I did. Here's an interesting thing. We go to we go on a trip. We go to Las Vegas. And I was always, you know, you heard about these different places, you know, the uh, the Bunny Ranch and the Mustang Ranch and stuff like that. I, you know, I had heard about that. But were they and, open you know, I, back then? Yeah, they were open back then, and I okay. thought, that, well, this is probably, you know, 1980s or something, okay. so I thought, you know what, I want to go, I got, I got to check this out, and it was not something I could really talk to her about, I mean, she was a little bit uptight about me with other women, it was more so, like, if she was a center of attention, that was okay, but I mean, if I was looking at another woman, she didn't like it. But you so could you fucked was, other women when you were doing couples swapping yeah right? i did okay. i did yeah but she, i don't think she was ever really comfortable with it okay uh so now you know we're in las vegas and i so i had this idea i said you know what she likes to play slot machines i like to play you know i like to play blackjack or something so i told her you know what you go you know this is what we're going to do today you do you know you do your thing i'm going to go do my thing and we'll meet up you know for dinner tonight and she's like yeah okay so what do i do i jump in a cab and i go out to the mustang ranch i mean that was my plan all along and so this was a brothel and I walk in there and just like you would think they brought out like a parade of girls. There was probably 10 girls they brought out and introduced them. And then you pick one and they take you back to a room. And so, uh, that's what I did. I mean, I picked like a real cute girl, went off to a room and just fucked the hell out of her, you know, mm-hmm. and then got back in the cab and went back like nothing, you know? So that, uh, plus the fact that I was getting invited by these couples that we had met over the over time. Uh, one guy was, a, I remember one guy was a cement truck driver. And he basically told me, you know what, here's the address. She knows you're coming and just, you know, you're good to go. And so I went there a couple of times. Uh, the third time he wanted her to videotape it. And I was okay with that. And I thought, okay, he wants me to videotape it. Let's let's put on a show for him. And uh, so it, it just got crazier and crazier. So we, you know, it, so now what happened was I had gained some weight, you know, over the uh, over the years. And uh, so I started working out and everything else, and I lost I lost a lot of weight. And so I was looking really really good. I mean, I'm feeling really good about myself for the first time. And then we landed up getting the divorce. Here's where it starts to get crazy. So I answered the other Craigslist ad, and there was a, uh, a couple that was from out of town, and they were coming into town, and there was a a theater, like an adult theater, in the right in the city, and they were going to go there, and they were kind of announcing, we're coming into the city, we're going to go to this theater, and we're going to go to the dungeon. So the theater had a uh, upstairs room with a dungeon with, like, full setup. Uh, and so... I responded and I said, okay, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be there. And I figured I'd be there and there'd be a bunch of people there. Uh, and I go there and I see the couple walk in, I'm sitting in the theater. They walk past me and they go to the back room and they're going up the stairs. And I said, that must be them, you know? So I followed them up there and nobody else showed up. 
So it was just them and me. And she had a like a raincoat on. She takes the raincoat off and she's got the heels, the garter belt, stockings, the whole deal. And she got into a swing. And uh, and I you know I landed up going down on her. I landed up fucking the shit out of her. I mean it was just crazy. And uh, uh, you know later on then uh, through going to a couple of these places, somebody had told me about this gangbang club. And so I, I made a call, and it was a very very organized thing. And so here's here's how it laid out. There were thirty guys invited to the party, and it was a house party and five girls. So that was the ratio, five girls, 30 guys. Wow. And I want to tell you, uh-huh. they had, as I found out over time, uh, the organizer had no problem filling the spots for the girls. There was a waiting list. Really? Uh, which kind of blew my, yeah, there was a waiting list. It blew, it actually blew my mind, I thought. And he would tell me, the organizer, after I went a few times, uh, you know, I had to tell two or three girls they I, they couldn't do it. They couldn't come until next month. So the party was once a month on a Saturday night. Although he had, there were some nights that he had Friday night and Saturday night back to back. And so I started going to these parties once a month. And I, and I go there and there's five girls, you know. Would you have to pay? Anywhere. Sorry, I just want to ask real quick. You, Did you have to pay? Yeah, you had to pay. Yeah, How much I, was I think it? it was like I think it was like forty dollars or something like that. Okay. Here's the kicker. The girls had to pay also, uh, so which shocked me. I thought, "Are you you're kidding me?" You mm-hmm. know, and so uh, we would go there. And what happened was the organizer would, you know, we'd mingle a little bit, and then at a certain time he would lock the door and he would say, "You nobody else, you know, will be admitted to the party." Although you could leave, you had to be escorted out the door. But I mean, nobody else could come into the party. He would announce, he would introduce the girls, and he, you know, they were ranging anywhere from. 20 years old up to, you know, mid fifties or whatever. And he would tell you, uh, you know, he would kind of talk for them. He would tell them, uh, what they were into, what they were hoping, you know, to do. And also like their limitations of things that they wouldn't do. Like some would do anal, some would not, some wanted, you know, like some wanted, uh, everybody to come on them, you know, and stuff like a, like a bukkake, you know, yeah. uh, uh, and some wanted, you know, two guys or whatever. So anyway, what he would do is after he announced all the girls, he would say, okay, let's get naked and fuck, you know? And so he had one room where the guys would put their clothes. Everybody would, you know, you'd you'd see 30 guys taking their clothes off as fast as they could. The girls were already had moved downstairs to the playroom. So now we would get down there and now the girls all had like, stations that they were at like they were on mats or something like that and we would just go to town it was almost like a like a buffet mm-hmm. and uh it was it was insanity i mean uh uh fucking sucking uh you know uh, double penetrations uh all kinds of stuff and this and it went on for you know it would go till maybe from 8 p.m till about midnight and the surprising thing was that you would think that the girls would have gotten worn out, but it was actually the opposite. The guys would get worn out. All right. And uh, and the women were not from, you know, I think people's minds, you think you're going to land up with five biker chicks or something. And the truth was that these women came from, I think some of them 
were, you know, Girl Scout leaders or they worked at uh, the local grocery store as a checker or, you know, that type of thing. They were also in the legal profession or uh, as far as the men went, they were from, you know, from A to Z. You had guys that were lawyers. You had guys that were, uh, you know, policemen and, you know, different things or construction guys and stuff like that. And they're all ages. I mean, from 20 up to like, you know, maybe 65 years old. Mm-hmm. At the time, I was probably, I was in my 50s. And so going to these parties once a month, I went for five years, once a month, sometimes back to back, Friday night and Saturday night. Uh, I worked at a company that was a 24-hour company. I was able to get away from my girlfriend, you know, to do these things. Uh, and she never knew. She never knew throughout the whole relationship. I mean, I was able to... You know, I brought extra clothes I had in the car and stuff. I was able to change and shower and do all that kind of stuff. Uh, but uh, it was absolutely crazy. But you, you said that uh, you had an ex-wife, a second wife. When was the second wife? I mean, you're, you're okay, 65 now. Is, you said you, you, this was happening at 50. Where did the piece go with the second wife? Where, where, where okay, does she the, fit into this? Oh, my God. I have to tell you about my new favorite vibrator by Mystery Vibe. It's called a Crescendo, the award-winning world's most flexible vibrator that hits you in all the right spots. You wanna know why it hits you in all the right spots? It's because it is bendable. And when I say bendable, I mean fully bendable. It also has six motors, and they are divvied out through the whole vibrator, which means there are no dead zones like regular vibrators. There's 16 different vibrations to choose from, and there's an app that goes with it so your partner can control it. And speaking of your partner, the crescendo is for him too. Okay, think about it. It's fully bendable. So guys, use your imagination. There is a reason why the crescendo has won over 20 international awards, and that's because it is one of a kind. I promise you, you're going to be as obsessed with it as I am. And this week, you're going to get 15% off by using my discount code strictly 15 plus if you get it this week you're going to get the black friday deal on top of that which is 35% off so that's a total of 50% off any vibrator just go to mysteryvibe.com use my code strictly 15 that's strictly 15 at mysteryvibe.com or just go to the description and click on the link and 15% will be automatically applied at checkout Thanks, Mystery Vibe, for sponsoring this episode. Well, she fits in and more. This is more up to date now with her. Um, I oh, got you're in, still I, with her now? Yeah. Prior to her, I got involved with different uh, couples that had cuck husbands. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, one girl that I went to, I'm, I'll tell you this briefly, and then we'll get into the, my second wife. Uh, the cuck husbands, I had uh, one girl that I would go see her, and her, you know, her husband gave me the approval. I go to her house and she's got two giant dogs, you know, and so the dogs were, it was a, it was a big breed of dog anyway. So I'm in the bed with her and she's got, and the dogs are like circling the bed. In the meantime, she starts moaning and stuff. And I thought these dogs were going to tear me up. And, uh, so it was actually, you know, I'm fucking her. I'm excited. She's excited. Uh, but I've got this fear factor with these dogs, you know, uh, I had another guy, uh, who was, you know, he, I had met them through Craigslist. I met him like out socially. We went for a drink and then I guess the, you know, she gave him the nod and we went back to their place and, uh, I landed up, you know, we, we had a little drink downstairs. We go up to the bedroom 
and uh, I'm fucking her on the bed. And what I noticed was that this guy was like crawling around on the floor. And he was watching, but he was crawling around, you know, uh, on his hands and knees, uh, you know, watching from every angle that he could. And I, and I landed a bone there several times. Uh, and I thought it was, it was almost, it was almost funny to me. Uh, now, you know, moving forward now, uh, there was, uh, you know, at, at the gangbang parties, I was telling you about that. There was another guy that I had met that started having part like hotel parties. He would rent two rooms and they were, you know, like it was a type of hotel that had like a stairway in the outside. He would have the room on the second floor and the room directly below that. These were mainly like just uh, swinger parties. And uh, and I was going to those parties at the same time. So, I, you know, uh, to do a count, you know, during my 50s, I can I can tell you with certainty that I fucked over 300 women. You know, mm-hmm. now this uh, whole time, were you still blowing guys every now and then, or did the only time you ever did anything with guys was in the glory holes? Like, did any kind uh, of guy was, on guy action? The, yeah, that was the just the very early years you okay. know, that involved in that. Uh, but the uh, this, you know, at this one party, the, the guy had these, uh, you know, the upstairs, downstairs party at the hotels. Uh, there was a girl that, uh, you know, the the guy told me I went to play around with this girl. So, he, so the guy called me on the side. He goes, you know what? When she comes, you got to hold her down. I said, what are you talking about? He goes, you have to, you have to strongly restrain her. She goes into like a convulsion, you know, and I did find that out. I mean, I had to fight this girl down. I mean, to hold her because she was, otherwise she would have started swinging at me, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that's just the way her orgasm was that strong. Um, I also, uh, uh, met a girl. I thought, I thought this was kind of creepy, Kathy. Uh, I met her at, a, at something called a meetup. No, uh, and those go on today. I mean, it was like a, uh, a meetup thing where you're meeting other adult people and stuff like that. So we're kind of looking at each other and I, I got her phone number and we went to, uh, we went to her place and I think we were watching a hockey game or something. And in between, you know, anytime there was a break or something, we started making out. We landed up in her bed, you know, and uh, somehow I'm, I'm fucking the girl and she starts telling me, you know, what, hold me down, hold me down very, you know, very firmly, you know, hold my arms down, hold my hands down. And uh, what, what, what creeped me out, and it just, this was just a party killer for me. She actually, she said something to me right in the middle of that. And I didn't quite hear her. And I'm like, what? And she's like, rape me, you know, and I thought, oh my God, you know. I can't, I can't do this. You know, I'm not that guy. I just not that guy. Uh Uh, So anyway, I I moved out of state and, uh, I land up, uh, going to, uh, I actually, I I now live in Florida, I can tell you. And so I met somebody down here and, uh, we hit it off really well. You know, we were into, you know, all the categories were clicking off. We were into the same type of music. We're into, you know, this and that, art and everything else. And she's, you know, probably about 11, 12 years younger than me. Uh, but uh, after a few dates, you know, we were on the beach and she tells me, you know, I have to tell you something. And I'm, I said, yeah, you can tell me whatever you want. We can talk about whatever you want. And she's like, well, she goes, there's this married guy that, I, that I've been seeing. You know, I, I'm single. I've been seeing this guy and I... You know, he's having problems with his wife and everything. So I kind of feel like I, I meet the guy and I give him blowjobs. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, uh, again, you know, for the second time in my life, I start trembling, you know, like, 
I'm like, holy shit, I found another one, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm trembling, I'm chattering, you know. And she tells me, so I said, so what do you, you know, what do you want to do, you know? And she's like, you know, she, I think she was making a confession to me. She's a clear mind, but basically I was saying, you know, I thought about it for a second and I'm like, well, did you, is that something you want to continue doing? And she's like, you know, she didn't want to answer me. And I said, I'm okay with it if you are, you know? And so she did. I mean, we were, we're dating and she would meet the guy like once a week and they had a blowjob. It could be in a car. It could have been in, he had some rental properties. She would go into these, you know, he would take her in there and she'd give him a blowjob in there. Uh, and then, you know, we landed up getting married, uh, down the line. And then the guy, I would be at work and the guy would come to our place, you know, and then he would, uh, she'd give him a blowjob or she'd fuck him or whatever. And I was okay with that. But again, it was the same type of situation though. She would be, she's uptight with me giving any of my attention to another woman, but she was, you know, but she was okay with doing what she was doing. And I think I'm okay with it. Um. And there was a second guy that she had seen over the years or something. The guy was actually like a jail guard. And uh, he started coming over and she's giving him blowjobs and she's, and he's fucking her, you know. And I had asked her, you know, with both of the guys, you know, what do me, you know, take a picture or maybe you could do a movie or something like that. Well, the first guy got freaked out by it because he thought that, uh, you know, your husband knows about this. And she's like, yeah, you know, he kind of knows he's, you know, he's given me like, okay, I could, you know, I could do what I want. And, uh, but he kind of freaked out. The second guy was like, cool with it. He thought, yeah, hell, let's do this. Right. And so he just, you know, he videoed it on his phone. And then, you know, after he left, he would send that to me, which I found, you know, viewing my own wife, you know, in these films was just extremely arousing. So, uh, I think we're on the verge now, Kathy, that, uh, I would probably like to explore maybe going back to the swinger clubs and stuff like that. Um, and I'm trying to go in that direction because I mean, this is just the kind of life that I want to live. So, uh, so right now you mean, well, does your wife, is she going to come along? Is it something that you're going to bring her on? You're going to continue? Oh, no, no. I think it. Yeah. yeah, I think at this point, Kathy, I would like to, I want to do things together. You know, I'm, I think I'm done running around, you know, behind, a, you know, behind women's backs. Right. Um, I don't really want to do that with this one. I don't want to do that at all. I think that if we do stuff, we're going to do it together, you know. And uh, I'm not sure if she'll ever be okay with uh, me fooling around with another woman. But I think that, you know, and I'm okay if she wants to do, you know, a threesome with uh, uh, myself and another guy, that would be okay. You know, I'm okay with that. Right. But, uh, and that's where I'm at right now. There's one other story that I wanted to tell you that, mm-hmm. you know, this is prior to me getting married. Uh, there was a guy I knew uh, who had parties that were actually bisexual parties. And I, and somebody had told me about it. You got to go to one of these parties. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to go check it out. So I go to the parties at a hotel and it was run by, it was actually run by a black couple. And, uh, I don't want to be, you know, politically incorrect, whatever, with the way I'm talking. So forgive me if I'm offending anybody, but uh, the black couple ran this party. And and so I go there. And so it was basically an interracial crowd. And uh, so that was pretty cool. And my my, uh, intention there was basically, I thought, there's going to be women here. So uh, 
and that was my target. I had no intention of looking at guys. I don't view guys that way. I don't look at a guy and say, I want to kiss this guy or uh, he's got a great body or anything like that. Uh, it's just not like that for me. I'm, I'm like all in with women. That's just the way I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, at the party, this uh, black woman shows up and she went into another room and changed and she came back and she had the garter bolt stockings, you know, high heels, the whole deal. And she gets on the bed and we start fooling around. And then what I discovered with her is she had a really big clit, you know. Like a man, um, like a dick, a little dick. <laughs> like a little dick, yeah. Right. I mean, she was she was totally a woman. But her clit was like, I don't know, it was maybe the, uh, maybe not as big as my thumb, but maybe uh, maybe half the size of my thumb. And I thought, oh, this is completely wild, you know. And so uh, we're doing all kinds of stuff, and I landed up going down on her, and it was uh, it was absolutely uh, I can't tell you, you know. Uh, and I so I went to two or three of these parties, and she showed up at those parties. I had never seen anything like that before. Right. Uh, I mean, was but it like it was. a, is that kind of world, like a small world? Like you just see these, because it seems like you, you know, sometimes it's a lot of work to get, you know, people, all this hooking up going down. I mean, is it just like, kind of like once you get involved, someone tells you about this, someone tells you about that, like you wind up seeing the same people. That's exactly how it happened. You, mm-hmm. know, you would go to these things, you would meet people, you know, you socialize a little bit and they're like, Hey, you ever been over to this place? Or, you know, right. we went to this place last night or whatever. And that's how, you know, it's very, uh, it's just absolutely not something you talk to anybody about uh, who's outside of the lifestyle. I mean, and you'd be surprised, uh, you know, going back to these gangbang parties, there were times that the guys, you know, he would, he would cut it off at 30 guys. So 30 guys show up, but maybe one or two of the guys immediately would bail. They would just grab their shit and leave, you know, because they were intimidated to be uh, naked in front of other men or they had performance issues, you know, where they couldn't, you know, they couldn't get it up or something in front of a crowd, that type of thing. And they would just bail out. Uh, so, uh, you know, there were, there's people that can do it. Uh, and there's people that can't do it. They'd be mortified, you know, so, uh, did you stop? Was, Why did you stop going to those gangbangs? Did they stop well, or like, what's the deal with them? Are they still around? Uh, oh, they're still going on. Oh yeah. There's more than there's two or three, you know, in the area that I live prior and i know there's stuff going down you know down here as well there's different areas here where they have different swing clubs and stuff i'm going to tell you why i stopped going um the craziness uh, just it just continued to escalate i mean the different things that i saw at the parties there were you know you go to the party and you know there was a girl with strap uh, strap a cock on and fuck another girl you know uh, different variations of things you know but this is what killed it for me a girl shows up to the party and she was probably in her, you know, maybe mid twenties or something, but she was literally eight months pregnant. And I thought, Oh no, you know, mm-hmm. there is no, there is no way. Right. And, uh, I mean, and she played with guys and I just sat back and said, I can't do this, you know? And, uh, that's kind of, I don't know. They just killed it for me, you know? Uh, so I think after that party, I never went back again. Okay. Right. Yeah. 
And now with your wife, are you going to start swinging with her? I'm going to look this one that you're with now. You know what? I want to, I'm slowly working on that right now. I think she's, I think she's open to it. I think she's, you know, she's has gotten a little full figure herself. And I think she's feels a little bit insecurity, you know, maybe, you know, going to a place where there's other younger women that are, you know, in better shape and stuff like that. Uh, but I'm working on that. And I think that's the kind of lifestyle that I like to have. And I think she'd enjoy it too. And I don't, I'm certainly not going to force her into anything. Uh, but I'm going to, I'm going to try to make it happen. Right. Well, let me ask you this. Do you, you're, you're not seeing anyone behind her back? No, nothing like that. With this one here, my second wife here, I've never done anything behind her back. Mm-hmm. You don't, you're like, you feel like you, are you, do you feel like maybe you're slowing down? <laughs> no, I, you know, I'm slowing down a little bit, but I mean, I, you could get me restarted real quick. So, uh, right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, is the same person, did you know the guy, like, is the same person, those gangbangs that are happening in this area? I mean, is it the same guy that's still doing them or is it, was it someone different? Was it one promoter? Like, I don't know. I knew, a, I knew, I had a guest on once who did like blowjob parties, but I never had someone on who sets up gangbangs. Oh, no, this was, uh, there was, uh, one or two in the city that I lived in before in the Midwest. There was one or two uh, active gangbang parties that were happening, you know, uh, for years there. And I know there's still at least one. There's probably one or two because there's uh, I know there was one party where they call them BBC parties. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's that party going on. And then there's just a regular gangbang party going on. Um, so that's the one where they're getting gangbang by black eyes. By black eyes. Yeah. Right. And some prefer that. And what's, you know, what's funny is during one of these gangbangs, there was an older woman who was, you know, she went there with her husband. I mean, uh, and sometimes that happened. The husbands would go with them and they would either participate or they just watch. Mm -hmm. And uh, so she looked me in the eye one day and she's like, you like bad girls, don't you, David? And I'm like, I just nodded at her like she was reading my mind, like she could see into my soul. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that's been the theme of my life. You know, from the beginning, I'm attracted to like a bad girl, you know. And so this is where that trembling and stuff comes in. When I hear about stuff like that, it just I just go wild. So uh, there was another type of party that I went to also get that I forgot to mention. And this is something, you know, you may or may not know about. There was a woman in the area that I lived that she ran a kind of a specialty party. And it was for BBWs. Oh, interesting. And, Just yeah. for the women. BBWs. So it was for uh, BBWs and what they called SSBBWs, which were supersized BBWs. Mm-hmm. So one time, just out of curiosity, I went to one of the parties and there was about 50 girls there. And it was like a, it was like a dance party. And these were very big women. Um, and, uh, nothing really happened at the party, but I, what I had noticed was that there was a lot of black guys at the party. And I think black guys, uh, you know, and I could be, maybe I'm wrong here, but I think black guys kind of like girls with a big ass, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, so, (laughs) right. Yeah. So, uh, 
that was interesting too. And that was a regular party in the area too. So there's a lot going but on. But you must people. have liked girls with a big ass too. I don't think it's just <laughs> black guys. I mean, I think somebody once said that that's like a very popular porn category. I mean, you know, yeah. I think girls don't know how guys are that they, you know, every girl's so, oh my God, I got to be as skinny as I could possibly be. But no, that's not the case at all. That's really right. not the case. Uh, yeah. I think there was a time that I was into girls that were bigger girls and I was, there was a time I was into uh, what's called face sitting, uh-huh. um, which was I don't know. I mean, you know, there was different aspects. I'm not like one. I'm not just one way. I mean, here's a guy. Uh, I was considered part of um, the guy who ran the gangbang parties. I was considered one of, of the stable. It was called a stable. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the stable was the like a stable of guys that were. Um, had regularly attended these parties. And then there were other, like an outside group that would come, you know, maybe one party here, one party there. But there was a, the core group was called a stable. And I was, uh, and I was one of the stable boys, you know. So uh, uh, I thought that was re- really, really comical. Right. Well, I'm sure that he needed his good old faithfuls, right? Because, you know, to wrangle up 30 guys that actually show up and he's charging everybody, right? I mean, he had to be making money off of this. He needed to make sure people were going to show up. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, there was no problem with that. I mean, he had, uh, uh, you know, he had a roster of people that he could call and they'd show up. But I mean, I think what astounded me was the fact that the waiting list for the women, you know, that were and, and they were disappointed if they couldn't get in. You know, really? So, uh, really, yeah. Uh, and did you and see a lot was, of married guys there? I mean, like you said, it just ran the gamut, right? Like oh, my goodness. About- I think, you know, he got to a point that, you know, he would run a Wednesday party. It was a daytime party. And I thought, that's odd. Why would you run a daytime party? And he did that for, you know, people who were married. Uh, married people, is not easy. You know, it's not easy for them to get away on a Friday night or a Saturday night. Uh, they might have family obligations or they, you know, uh, or they simply can't get away from their wife. I mean, you know, how are they going to cover that up? So he'd have daytime parties and people would maybe blow off uh, their work day or whatever and run over there. And he'd have it at like noon until about maybe, you know, noon till four or noon till five. And again, he'd fill that up. Uh, he'd have the girls, he'd have the guys, you know. I think I went to only one of those. Yeah, uh, I would think the was, girl, the guys are the the girls would be. You would think the girls would be harder to find. I guess you're right. Like if, if there's some girl out there that wants to get fucked by thirty guys, there's there's a line out the door. <laughs> right. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Right. You know, I think that uh, that is. You know, if you talk to women, you know, you talk to women about fantasies, and I think about maybe the top five fantasies for women. Uh, you know, some of them. You know, in the old days, they would say something really lame like, "Oh, sex on the beach" or something. You know. In reality, that wasn't the case. The case was they were looking for uh, maybe uh, someone to watch them have sex that might be, you know, in the top five. Also, maybe interracial, uh, you know, a lesbian. Uh, but also in that top five, there are a lot of women that fantasize about, you know, like multiple guys. So, right. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, it's a pretty common thing. Uh, but few of them will actually step over the threshold, you know, and actually make that happen. Right. But, and do uh, it. I mean, listen, my gangbang Christine, that's what I call her. 
She's my most downloaded episode. I mean, she called in a bunch of times and her story went in so many different directions. It was fascinating. But this was a woman who that's exactly what she when she started to feel really great about herself. And she was like, you know, uh, feeling good. Like, that's exactly what she wanted to do. And she wanted five black guys. That's that's what she got. And that is literally I think it has like maybe 300,000 downloads just on YouTube. That's just on YouTube. I get way more downloads on my podcast app, right? On the podcast. So, uh, you know, is a guy no. download? Yeah, maybe girls are fantasizing it, but maybe it's girls downloading it too. I don't know. I never thought of that. Yeah, you know what? It's this is no surprise to me. I have to tell you, no surprise at all. Right, the gangbang. Uh, How many gangbangs do you think you did, took part in? Well, at the just the one that I did, the main one that I went to, over fifty parties I went to. Now you you know you talk about that was just the one party. Then I went to other gangbangs. There was another guy who had gangbang parties, and I went to probably easily you know ten or fifteen more of those. Here's the crazy part: um, there were times I went back to back parties. So there were five girls on a Friday night, five girls on a Saturday night, and I fucked all of them. Right. And you know you talk to different people. You know if you ask people in general, how many sex partners have you had in, in your lifetime? There are people that will tell you I've had five, I've had six, you know, in the meantime, I'm fucking 10 girls in a two night period. Right. I so mean, your so number is like 300, you think, or more? Oh, it's more than 300, mm -hmm. more than 300. Yeah. 300 different women in my fifties. Oh, right. Not yeah. counting before so, in those early days. Yeah. In my fifties. I mean, you know, being married and having children and stuff, you know, in my twenties, uh, that kind of put everything on the back burner, but my life ramped up at 50, you know? And so, and I think I've got some left in the tank. And you're sure. 65 now, right? I'm 65 now. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. if you start swinging with your wife, right? How long have you been with your wife? Uh, we've been together about five years, right. married so, four years. Right. So if you start swinging with her, that's going to up your numbers, but she's still into sex. How old is she? Uh, she, she, right now she's 54. Right. But she's still like horny. Oh, and she's into still, sex. yeah, she's still into sex. Yeah. Right. That's great. Mm hmm Yeah. I mean, you know, I think it's, uh, it's good that you're just going to try and bring her along for the ride. No more living the double life. Right. Cause she sounds like she'd be down too. Yeah. I think she's more down for it than my first wife actually. And look what you got your first wife to do. I mean, it was, I, I know you think she was so tight, but she didn't sound tight. I mean, you had her DP'd yeah. with two black guys and you. I mean, come on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, she's not really that uptight. I mean, some guys no. would say, I mean, you were, you know, listen, you said you liked really naughty girls. Like that was your thing. And you definitely attracted that type of woman to yourself. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, and still, I mean, this is, you know, for a man, Kathy, uh, you know, your interest in women begin as a child. I mean, and uh, the attraction to different things. I mean, like lingerie items, you know, crotchless panties and uh, stockings and the high heels, the garters, the bras, everything else. I mean, that is a that remains with you for your lifetime. You know, for, you know, listeners that are maybe younger that are listening, you know, to this. Um, it just it just go. It's throughout your life. I mean, you could be even at my age, you know, 65 I'll walk through the, you know, uh, store, department store, and we go through the section where they have, like, women's underwear and stuff. Uh, and it never fails to kind of arouse me. Right. It doesn't stop. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll be walking down the street in Manhattan, and there'll be, like, a 90-year-old guy in a wheelchair, and he'll check me out. I'm like, yes, it doesn't stop. <laughs> <laughs>
This is how guys are like, you know, relentless. I think because sperm doesn't go bad. It's like nature. You know, you could keep procreating. <laughs> you don't lose it. It's not like the woman, right? If we're animals, it's a different thing that's happening, you know, nature-wise. Not to exactly. say that, you know, when a woman loses all her eggs, she's never horny. Plenty of women are still horny after yeah. menopause. But guys, like, I think because that, nat- you know, that the animal instinct is to keep procreating. Your sex drive is just there t- still right i know and you know kathy i've told people even you know even my own children who are adults now and i would tell them you know what just you know like we talked about mortality and death and stuff and i told them when i die um i just want you to know that i've lived my life fully and done everything that i've wanted to do and they really didn't know you know what my meaning was there uh but but i did you know, so uh, there was no stone unturned. Right. There is no, uns- yeah, I wouldn't talk in the past tense. There is, there's, there's no stone unturned. You're not dead yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, cool. Thanks so much for calling in and sharing your story. I'll let you know when it airs. It'll probably be aired in the next couple of weeks. This is the problem. I keep airing new people and then they get, they bump the people that I had in the past. And it's just like, oh my God, people are still waiting to be on. But anyway, I'm glad I had you on. Thanks for sharing your story and let me know what you think after you hear it. Well, thank you. And, uh, you know, I have to tell you, Kathy, that I've enjoyed, I haven't listened to all of them. I've, uh, I've listened to a bunch of them. Yeah. Kind of a marathon thing. Yeah. Uh, I like your voice Uh huh. and I like your, you have a fun little giggle, you know, that a lot is, of people uh, say that that's, it's funny. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't tell you how many emails I get. Like, I love your laugh, like your little giggle, that little thing, you know, I'm like, I don't even know what they, I, I kind of don't even know what they mean, but I hear that often. Yeah. Yeah. I have so a good sense very, of humor. You know, yeah. Really enjoyable. I mean, you listen to you for an hour and it's really, really enjoyable. Oh, so, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you made my job easy because you just told your story. So I didn't have to interrupt like I do or move. I mean, I, I kind of moved it along in the beginning, but, uh, you, you know, you just did the thing and made my job easy. So thanks so much for calling in and tuning into my show. I love okay. hearing from my listeners. Uh, Thanks. What I call right, you, David? You. David. All yes. right. Thanks, mm-hmm. David. Okay. Bye. Bye now. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you want to follow the show, follow me at Strict Anonymous on Instagram or Twitter. That's at Strict Anonymous. If you are on YouTube, make sure to subscribe. I love YouTube as a platform for my show because people comment there and I try to reply back to every single person who posts a comment. So even if you're not listening on YouTube and you want to talk about the show, go to my YouTube channel, subscribe, like, and share my videos. It's Strictly Anonymous Podcast. If you want to sign up for my Patreon, on my Patreon, you are not only supporting my show, but you will get these episodes early, ad-free, and you get to see anonymous pics of my guests. Most of the girls send in anonymous pics and some of the guys send in anonymous pics. So if you want to see anonymous pics of my guests as well as support my show and get these episodes early and ad-free, sign up for my Patreon, patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. That's patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. The link is also in the description below. Thanks so much for listening. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, 
strictly anonymous podcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is strictly anonymous.